Good morning, CBF. Let me start with a true story. There was a family that lived in a city in Turkey many years ago. The man of the house was a very wealthy businessman. He had a wife and a son. They were doing well for themselves, but they were not Christians. A traveling evangelist came to their region, and uh, this family got to hear the gospel from him. And through his ministry, they got to know the Lord. They put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and over time, they really grew in the Lord. And their whole family was of much service to the Lord. In fact, a church was established in that city, and this congregation used to meet at their home. Their son went into full-time ministry. They were used by the Lord as a blessing to many believers and missionaries. However, one of their servants turned out to be unfaithful, uh, stole from them, and ran away to a neighboring country where he could not be traced. And this whole incident really hurt them, since they had been very good to their servants, especially after getting saved. But uh, unknown to them, the Lord was at work. In an amazing turn of events, such that only God can do, this servant ended up in the same city as the preacher who had shared the gospel with his master's family, and the servant also got to hear the gospel and put his trust in the Lord, and his life transformed completely. From a runaway thief, this man, the servant, became a devoted follower of the Lord and a wonderful helpmate to the missionary. Uh, he stayed with the missionary and did not want to ever leave. But uh, uh, as the Lord was working in his life, this man also had a deep remorse over what he had done earlier, and that the issue with his master was still unresolved. So the missionary encouraged him to go back to his master's house and apologize. This was not easy for the servant, since going back to Turkey meant he would be caught and put in prison, and he didn't know how his master would react. But he was sure this is what the Lord wanted him to do, and he wanted to make things right with his master. So he and another brother headed back, armed with a letter from the missionary. He finally reached his master's house from where he had stolen and run away. He knocked on the door. His master opened the door. His master's first reaction was one of shock. Then slowly the shock turned. Was starting to turn into anger, and just then, the runaway servant slowly, with trembling hands, gave his master a letter. With uh, mixed emotions, the master opened the letter. He read the first word of the letter, and he froze. It read, "Paul." We'll read this letter together now. Since the Lord included this letter in His holy word for us to read and learn from, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Philemon, the letter that Paul the missionary wrote to Philemon, the master in the story. While Philemon and his family lived in a city called Colosse, which was, uh, which is a city in modern-day Turkey, they had possibly come to know the Lord as a result of Paul's missionary work in their neighboring city, Ephesus. Since Paul had never been to Colosse, much later, Paul met their runaway slave Onesimus in Rome, and was instrumental in leading him also to the Lord. Onesimus became a devoted disciple of Christ and a very useful helpmate to Paul. And Paul wanted to keep him in Rome, but did not want to do that without Philemon's permission. 
eventually Onesimus returns to make amends with his master Philemon and he carries with him a letter from Apostle Paul. There's another brother, Tychicus, who also accompanies Onesimus, bringing along one more letter from Paul for the church at Colossae. We know that letter as a letter to the Colossians. Uh, as we read the letter written by Paul to Philemon, let's keep in mind that Philemon is perhaps reading this at the gate of his house while his slave Onesimus, his runaway slave who's come back, who stole and ran away from him, stands in front of him. Let's read Paul's letter to Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold, and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now, he has become both useful he has become useful both to you and to me i am sending him who is my very heart back to you i would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while i am in chains for the gospel but i did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong, or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, Prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. 
and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Such a beautiful lesson on forgiveness. And if you noticed, without mentioning the word forgiveness even once in the entire letter. There's a lot that we can learn from this small epistle. Paul's perspective, you know, if we see it from his angle, how he as a leader and as a mentor to different people handled each situation differently across each of his epistles. If you were to see the epistle from Onesimus' perspective, you know, we get to see his amazing transformation and how that plays out in his actions. Uh, if we see it from the perspective of the church and the other people mentioned, the other witnesses mentioned, the roles that they have to play and God's expectation from them in this kind of a situation. But for today, we'll focus on the central character to whom the letter is addressed, Philemon. And there are some important lessons that we can learn from what Paul writes to him. One, who can forgive? What kind of person is able to forgive the way God expects? What kind of uh, character does that person have? One who is able to forgive. Second, how to forgive? What are the steps involved in forgiving as per what God expects, as per God's standards? Let's look at how Paul starts the letter. Verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. As we heard in the story, Philemon would have been filled with mixed emotions, you know, as he would have read that first line. He's been hit with this contrast between the person carrying the letter and the person writing the letter, the letter writer versus the letter bearer. Paul, the great apostle who had personally led Philemon to Christ, you know, is the one who's writing the letter. The one who's carrying the letter is Onesimus, his slave. Uh, the one writing his writing the letter is someone so precious to Philemon versus a runaway slave, you know, someone of no value. The one writing his, this letter is someone who has caused Philemon so much joy. The one bringing the letter is someone who has caused him so much pain. And then Paul goes on to introduce himself as a prisoner of Christ Jesus or in the root translation, a prisoner for Christ Jesus. Paul knew that he need not use his usual introduction uh, in this letter. He would usually in other letters introduce himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. But here, you know, that's not required. So Paul is introducing himself as a prisoner for Christ Jesus. And it's interesting because the Romans thought that Paul was their prisoner. But Paul didn't see himself as a victim of his circumstance or the Romans as his enemies. Paul knew that he was in prison because Christ Jesus had allowed it and he fulfilled God's purpose there too. Evangelizing Caesar's household. We read about that in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 22. Something to really think about. How do we react when things don't go as planned? Do we blame circumstances? Do we blame people? Or do we truly acknowledge that 
God has allowed it for a specific purpose. It's not easy. But do we seek how we can bring glory to him even in the tough times of our life? Paul, he knew that and that's why he said that I'm a prisoner not of the Romans, but I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for Christ Jesus. So in the first line itself, Philemon knows that this letter is coming from his dear apostle who is no longer a free man, but now in prison. And uh, he then reads, Paul lovingly address him as dear friend and fellow worker. He addresses his wife, Aphia, as our sister. Addresses his son, Archippus, as our fellow soldier. And then, wait, he's also addressing the church and to the church that meets in your home, which meant that this letter had to be also read out loud to the church the next time they all meet. And the letter will then pass around to all the believers to take home and read one by one because that used to be the instruction that uh, the apostles would give for the epistles that they would write. A uh, lot of times, even instructing that the letter from one uh, city would be passed on to the church in another city. Yet as he read on, Philemon realizes that the letter is about him. And there's a big lesson in the fact that Paul also addresses the whole church for what in our minds would be a very personal matter between two individuals. Because Paul knew this is something that affects the entire congregation. That the church is one big family where they need to learn to share personal matters with each other. Because there was much for others to learn from this as well. And Philemon would need to be accountable to others to do the right thing. And of course, the rest of the church also needed to accept and restore Onesimus. Which is why even though Paul had written a separate letter to the Colossian church, which is the uh, letter to the Colossians, he addresses them in this letter to Philemon as well. May the Lord help us in CBF to be open to sharing our lives, our struggles, our ups and downs, our journey with the Lord, you know, what the Lord is teaching us uh, in the recent days. May the Lord help us to be open to sharing with each other. It will help us and it will help others. Paul then goes on to tell Philemon what he thinks of him. And in that section from verse 4 to 7, as Paul describes Philemon's character, we also see the portrait of someone who can forgive. What is the spiritual character of a person who is able to forgive? Let's spend some time looking at that. We see that Paul commends Philemon on his Christian character. Paul thinks very highly of Philemon. There is no doubt about that. He says in verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. He's saying whenever I pray for you, I have only things to thank God for. There are no negatives. And it's not an old report. It's not just my memory from the time that I saw you many years ago, but it's recent. He says, because I hear about your faith. In fact, in the root language, 
it says i continue to hear i keep hearing some translations use that i keep hearing about your faith which means philemon was growing in his walk with the lord he was not stagnant he was continuing steadfastly in his faith who do you think would have given paul an update about philemon you know, we know definitely about two people uh in the book of uh, colossians we read about epaphras who we learned from that epistle was one of the teachers in that church in the church of colossae and had gone to visit paul in rome and the other person would be definitely onesimus who would have also told paul about philemon so two people epaphras and onesimus who would have seen philemon's life at church and at home very closely had only good things to say about him isn't that wonderful by reminding philemon of his own character paul is in effect telling philemon philemon i know you're the kind of man who will forgive someone like onesimus and restore him so paul's praise of philemon is in a specific context it's not just by the way paul's commendation about philemon's character is the foundation of his appeal to forgive how do we know that let's see how he starts verse 8 which is the section where paul then goes on to uh, ask him to forgive and accept uh, onesimus uh, paul starts like this therefore although in christ i could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do yet i appeal to you on the basis of love and he goes on to uh, then ask philemon to accept onesimus paul is saying therefore the reason i can ask you to do these things is because of what i am hearing about your character so before telling philemon what he must do paul reminds philemon of his own transformed character in christ since it's that new character which will enable philemon to forgive and as we go through that we can check if we have these spiritual characteristics which lead to forgiveness so what all did paul hear about philemon firstly in verse 5 because i hear about your faith in the lord jesus faith in the lord jesus true saving faith is the mark of a genuine believer and only someone who has experienced the unconditional forgiveness of the lord jesus christ at the cross can forgive others only a saved person has the holy spirit indwelling inside to prompt to forgive only a saved person experiences conviction while reading and hearing the word of god as you and i are doing right now only a saved person loves the lord and has a deep desire to honor the lord and to do what is right because he is a new creation with a new nature his old nature tells him don't forgive onesimus press charges imprison him punish him make him pay back every penny but philemon's new nature tells him just forgive just forgive while he was earlier like the world out to take revenge in his new capacity in his new nature to forgive it comes from a true saving faith and a genuine continuous walk with the lord so it's an active faith it's an active 
living faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's first. What's the second uh, characteristic that Paul commends him for? He goes on to say, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. You know, the word used there, the rendition of love used there in the Greek language is agape, which we've heard many times is not speaking about uh, the human kind of love. It's speaking about divine love. It's speaking about uh, a self-sacrificing godly love. In fact, uh, the word picture in the Greek language for agape is that of a love feast. It's an image of a overflowing, lavish, abundant love. You know, love which keeps on giving. Uh, the definition of agape love is very beautifully uh, put by John in 1 John 3.16. Uh, we know that parallel John 3.16 and here we have 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his love for us. This is how we know what agape is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This agape that Paul is saying, you know, is there in Philemon, is agape for all the saints. It's not just liking or fondness. You know, it's it's not just about I like to hang around, uh, you know, people in CBF. I I enjoy spending time with them. You know, they're a they're a cool bunch. It's, it's not just that. Paul is talking about a deep love that comes from God. And he's seen that in Philemon. He's seen this, this deep agape love towards the other fellow believers. He's seen that in Philemon. And he's heard about that uh, from others also. Look at the other thing about this love. It's not selective or exclusive. He says, your agape for all the saints. All is the operative word there. A small word, but just means so much. It has so much import, you know, when it's added there. Now, Philemon had this kind of deep agape love, sacrificial love for all of God's people. You know, what Paul is telling Philemon is that Philemon what I know about you and what I'm hearing about you is that irrespective of personal preferences, you know, you're not, you're not uh, thinking about regional backgrounds. You're not thinking about social status. You're not considering, you know, uh, only people who are from your, who speak your language or, you know, whether uh, they have common interests with you or not. You're not even thinking about, you know, spiritual maturity levels. Irrespective of all of this, all different kinds of uh, people, all the saints, you show a similar kind of agape love towards all of them. It's, do you and I show that kind of agape love? Is, is that something that we feel on the inside for all of God's people? Honestly, there is no way that we can love all of God's people like this with our own nature or our own strength. This can only come from God. It can only be taught by God. 
which is why in First Thessalonians chapter four and verse nine, it says that you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. This is a love which can only be poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Romans five five, and hence agape. Hence, divine love, love that comes from God. This is not just love of feelings, but it's one of action done out of obedience to God. One which is, uh, one which is shown.
for those of us who have experienced the forgiveness of the Lord, may the Lord help us to put to practice what we learned today. And if there are any unresolved issues, hurts that we've been carrying, people that we have not yet forgiven, the way the Lord expects us to, not just, you know, say that, okay, I forgive you, stay away from me, you know, stay out of my face, uh, don't ever, you know, uh, try to get in touch. People whom we have not received back and restored the way He has done with us, the way the Lord has restored us. If there are people that we have not received and restored in that same measure, if there are accounts that we have not closed, you know, things that we are still holding on in our heart. Then as Paul exhorted in his other letter to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, he said, Forgive as the Lord forgave. May the Lord make us people who ask forgiveness and people who forgive as Christ forgave us.